Tech of Radio Birdman, and you're listening to 90.7 FM WGXC Acra. The WGXC Radio Awards are this Saturday on the radio, and this year, uh, not just programmers can vote, but uh, anyone who is a sustaining supporter of WGXC should have gotten an email with uh, a link to a um, place to cast your ballot. Um, so look in your email box if you're a WGXC sustaining supporter or a WGXC programmer and make uh, votes today for uh, the WGXC Radio Awards, which will be announced Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. on February 26th on 90.7 FM. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Marcus de Grazia Acupuncture of Austerlitz, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. Become a WGXC sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXC.org and click donate. Thank you for your support. And welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> it is great to be here on another cold, wet Tuesday night. We're a show where we talk about movies, just chit-chatting about things we loved or hated every second and fourth Tuesday of the month here on WGXC Acre, uh from 7 to 8 p.m. And uh, you're in luck uh, because uh, Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. Uh, but, it, <laughs> but we'll get to that later, our theme for tonight. Before... Let's, uh, let's talk about what's in the theaters right now. I'm going to tell you about what is currently playing at the Wyndham New York Movie Theater, which is just called the Wyndham Theater. Um, we have Uncharted. We have Dog. And we have Marry Me. And uh, it's looking like the Wyndham Theater is now doing um, every day. They're showing movies seven days a week. For a while, it was just on the weekends. But now maybe we're back in prime time. Uh, and you can find out more about the movies at WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's playing at the Crandall Theater in Chatham. 
Uh, and you can find out that information at crandalltheater.org. Because I'm just going to give you the broad strokes because they have a lot of very specific show times. <laughs> uh, it looks like they're doing a lot of the Oscar nominated movies. Uh, like they're showing special screenings of them. So, for example, this week we have Drive My Car, which is great. Definitely would recommend seeing that in the theater. Uh, they also have uh, The Worst Person in the World, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, The Power of the Dog. <clears throat> And don't look up. All of these things are playing uh, in the next month or so. And then it looks like more consistently they have a movie called Breaking Bread, uh, Learning to Live Together. And also they're playing the Oscar nominated shorts. So if you are interested in seeing any of those things, I would highly recommend going on over to CrandallTheater.org to find out the specific showtime so you can, uh, you know, find out what everybody's talking about. Find out what the buzz is about. I hope that Dune wins nothing. And I hope that Don't Look Up wins nothing. I'm sorry. I, I'm, oh, I'm wow. saying it. Oh, I'm saying it. I disagree about the first one. I strongly agree about the second one. <laughs> That's why we have a good show, Jenny. I think our show is good. It's because we disagree sometimes. We get, to, we get to riff a little bit. It's true. I agree. <laughs> and right. I agree with that. Okay, stop riffing. Okay, it's time sorry. for me to tell you what's at um, the Get serious. The two upstate film locations, Orpheum Theater in Saugerties, um, and the Star Cinema in Rhinebeck. But first at Orpheum Theater in Saugerties, right now we have Cyrano, the Batman, the worst person in the world, Dog, and Death on the Nile. And then at Star Cinema, we have Oscar Shorts Animation, Oscar, Oscar Shorts Live <laughs> Action, The Worst Person in the World, Drive My Car, Breaking Bread, and Licorice Pizza. And you can find out more about Showtimes at upstatefilms.org. That's cool. I'm trying to see The Worst Person in the World, so maybe I'll head over there to see that. Um let me tell you about TSL in Hudson, also known as Time Space Limited. Uh, this, they have not yet updated their calendar for March, so I'm just going to tell you about this upcoming weekend. Uh, but they currently have uh, Winter Light through a Glass Darkly, The Velvet Queen, In the Mood for Love, uh, and Solaris are playing at different times this weekend, which is pretty exciting. I would totally go see In the Mood for Love at a theater. Yeah. That would be thrilling. Um, and they're also doing their classic, uh, showing, uh, of the National Theater Live, uh, and they're also doing the Bolshoi Ballet, and they're also doing the Met Opera. So if you want to find out more information about any of those exciting programs, you can go to timeandspace.org. Amazing. So last but not least, I'm going to tell you about what's playing at Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson otherwise known as the eight-screen cinema on Fairview Avenue. We have Dog, Uncharted. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> uh, Uncharted, Marry Me, Death on the Nile, Jackass Forever, Sing 2, Encanto, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And you can find out more about the exact showtimes at spotlightcinemas.com. Okay, just one more and then we're free. I'm going to tell you about (laughs) just one more. I'm so sorry. I said mine was last but not least, but I was wrong. (laughs) 
I didn't even realize that you said that. I'm just going to give you a little, just a little taste, a taste of what's happening in Red Hook at the Lyceum Cinemas. Uh, we have, starting on Friday, a movie called Studio 666, which I saw and was like, ooh, cool, and then clicked on it. It's a movie about the Foo Fighters. So, <laughs> you know, if that interests you, I do like Dave Grohl, but it doesn't sound that. Anyway, I'm going to move yeah. on. Uh, there's also Dog, Uncharted, Hotel Transylvania 4, uh, Transformania, uh, Death on the Nile, Jackass Forever, and Spider-Man No Way Home. You can still go see. Very thrilling. <laughs> um, I have to be honest. I've been getting Instagram ads for Studio 666. Oh, you um, have? You knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so sorry. I stayed really quiet about it. Even before yeah. the show when we were talking about it, I said nothing. You really um, did. <laughs> and it's because honestly, I haven't watched the entire trailer when it's come up, but I just am like, oh, how funny. Uh, I, I assumed that it was an ad for maybe a concert movie like you know how they make like special like Tom Waits's big time like you know like kind of yes. jazzed up live shows that are turn like you know concert movies mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought like it was it that <laughs> yeah. it looks like uh I, you know I truly can't tell if it's a documentary or fiction I think I mean it's got to be a documentary but it just looks like it's about them recording an album which I'm like okay <laughs> Maybe sure. it's um maybe it's an exciting blend of both. <laughs> yeah, I've I've really been baited by the title though, which is pretty annoying. <laughs> I know. Um, Jenny, do you think that tonight we have time to ask each other what we've been watching lately, or should we just dive right into our theme for tonight? Um, I'm happy to dive. I was going to tell you about a rom com I watched, but I don't have to. You want to like do it at the end? See if yeah, we have time at the, the end. end. I'll say it for right. the end. Yeah, let's go. Let's hey. Let's dive Something's, right in. Let's dive right in. <laughs> yeah, folks, like back uh, back in when the um, pandemic was at a another peak and there wasn't, theaters weren't open, we, we just talked about what we'd been watching lately. But now that theaters are back open, that space has kind of been filled with us talking about what's in the theaters and letting you know what's in the theaters. So you're along this exciting ride as our show changes and morphs, the world around <laughs> us does. <laughs> Um, so tonight we have a theme as we always do. And our theme was, it's a conspiracy, which conspiracy movies. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very broad. (laughs) Exactly. It differs from our our previous show we did about political thrillers because a, uh, it's kind of a square rectangle thing where a political thriller can be a conspiracy movie, but a conspiracy movie does not have to be a political thriller. Yes. Um, so Jenny, do you want to, do you want to start us off? Sure. Let me tell you about the first one I watched, which is a movie that I watched before I knew we were doing this theme and then you proposed it and I was like, perfect. Sold. I already started. Nice. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to tell you about a brand new movie and I'm not going to tell you everything about it because it is brand new. It just came out like two weeks ago. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, please. No spoilers. Uh, No spoilers. This is, I'll give you just a gentle overview. So before we even decided to do this, I opened up HBO Max on my old TV and what should be at the top, but Steven Soderbergh's new movie. It's called Kimmy. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Let me tell me about Kimmy. Let me tell you about Kimmy. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's directed by Steven Soderbergh, who is just like pumping out movies and they're I always know. fun to watch. And I'm honestly, I'm like, like, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so it's glad wild. he's doing that for us. Uh, but it is a tight hour and a half 
Hmm. It is a movie about a woman named Angela, played by Zoe Kravitz, who is a tech worker. Um, and her job is basically to review data that is recorded by this device called the Kimmy, which is basically the same thing as like the Alexa from mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but the difference is that Kimmy is, re- whenever Kimmy is recording, there's a person on the other side who listens and then like fixes things so- to adjust the algorithm in real time, basically. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all the FBI uh computer camera jokes yes exactly she's listening (laughs) but in this case the she is zoe kravitz she's listening her name's angela uh and so she while she's just doing her job one day she hears something that she understands to basically be a crime like she overhears Mm -hmm. something and she's like this is something wrong is happening right now Mm -hmm. um and when she tries to alert the company they totally just like send her through this like bureaucratic loophole and they she like cannot get anybody to take her seriously and they do not want to hear about it oh no uh and so it basically becomes her trying to figure out how to just tell somebody about this um but the wrinkle is that she is also agoraphobic and so she cannot leave her apartment which is incidentally a beautiful apartment in seattle she lives in like a stunning studio apartment to be agoraphobic (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) um but the other thing that's really interesting about it i mean there's a lot of things that are interesting about it Uh, let me just give you the broad like i really liked it i thought kimmy was great Mm -hmm. um but one of the things that's really interesting about it is that it takes place now, like in the in a time post COVID, and okay. that is and that's part of the movie. And it's actually done in a really interesting way, in the sense that like you know people are wearing masks outside, and like part of her agoraphobia is that like she already had this problem before COVID, but the pandemic made it a lot worse, and so mm-hmm. she's like struggling with this inability to go outside, like partially because of fear of like illness, but whatever, like also just her own mental illness that she's experiencing yeah um and I just found it to be so seamless like I was really impressed by that inclusion in the sense that like I haven't really seen I think the only other movie that I've seen that has so seamlessly included COVID is um oh my god what's it called the paranormal activity oh my god (laughs) activity movie that we both watched yeah uh paranormal activity colon next of kin i think is right exactly yeah that's that's kind of the only other movie i've seen that has been like just acknowledges covid as a thing that has happened but not in a way that is um Annoying, it's not about I guess <laughs> it's not about co- like yeah like movies about COVID like absolutely lose my get number it sounds yeah. so bad to yeah, me get, get out of here you know it has it can be I love a pandemic movie but make it about something that's made up <laughs> right totally but this it's it's just a really um I found both of those both Kimmy and paranormal paranormal activity next of kin um to incorporate COVID in a way that was like not distracting at all and was just like oh yeah this makes sense and I can like really see this as being the way that we do this going forward yeah Um, they were classy about it they were classy about it but yeah Kimmy I really enjoyed totally tight hour and a half like thriller tech like Mm. tech conspiracy which I think is so fun so fun and something that you don't see as often but is certainly a big problem and a problem ever growing in our current world in which we live a problem Um, that we're I mean and I think that this is 
this is something portrayed in, in movies a lot that uh, people become really complacent about these yes. things. Like they're aware of Alexa listening to everything that you say, but because like, everybody oh, well. knows, they're like, oh, <laughs> like memes about my phone listening to me. <laughs> right. Totally. Like that's the vibe. If, I mean, you feel so powerless about it, but it is and you also are. like, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it is also totally, yeah, it's totally a complacency thing. Like I feel that yeah. way whenever I sign up for an app and it wants my data and I'm like, I guess you can just have it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not important. You have I'm no, I have no money for you to take. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's so, um, I really enjoyed that. It felt very, um, of the moment but not in a way that's annoying i was like oh, yeah this is a pretty, pretty solid movie it also has one of my favorite tropes which i didn't really realize until it was happening as a favorite trope of mine where there's like two goons and one is really big and one is really little oh <laughs> hell like, yeah so good oh my god well first of all just the many ways that you can have two goons mm-hmm. you know like one one like strong silent guy and one like kind of weaselly chatty one yes exactly (laughs) two goon pairings (laughs) two goon pairings but it was great because there's like these two goons and you just see them coming down a hallway from really far away and one is really really big and one is really small and it's just like oh my god this is great so happy to see them here oh that yeah honestly that makes me want to watch a movie i don't need anything else (laughs) that's all you need but yeah that's kimmy it's currently streaming on hbo max i don't know how long it will be there but i I think it's one of those ones that was made for streaming so it'll probably be there for a second um yeah and yeah i'm just like you know some people just want to make an insanely competent movie every six months and that person is steven soderbergh (laughs) i know how does he do it it's wild because his his last one was also i think straight to hbo no it sudden was move. and it was like six months ago <laughs> yeah yeah what a freak oh so my crazy. god yeah um it's funny you mentioned <clears throat> you know a movie that portrays our world in which covid has happened or is continuing to happen uh because when i was i was so curious about that obviously when the movies started to come back or movies that were made were made post or during pandemic I was really curious about how much of that we would see. And I still don't really have an answer to that. You know, I'm going to have to see some more new movies, but if um, I guess I thought I would, I don't know what I thought. I, I was, I was just really curious to see if we would um, like, if these new stories would refer to COVID. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I think a lot <clears throat> of things are just ignoring it at this point, like still yeah. very much just being like, let's just pretend this didn't happen which yeah. can work in some ways, but after a certain point, you're just like, well, but, but things have changed. So yeah, I like to some, pretend, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, it's kind of a funny kind of, you know, kind of a sticky wicket. It is kind of a sticky wicket. I guess I could take it both ways. Cause I, um, I mean, it does make me sad, but I do like to remember, you know, my cool fun life before any of this happened. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Let me tell you about a movie yeah. that I watched. <laughs> Take me there. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's get out of these weeds. <laughs> I watched a very, very famous movie that I had never seen, but it was my time to watch it. Actually, I watched uh, this. This theme was really my time to watch movies that I've, I've always wanted to see that I never got around to. Um, and I finally watched 1973's Soylent Green. <laughs> nice, dude. I'm so glad you watched Soylent Green. <laughs> so funny. Oh, God. I don't like Charlton Heston. <laughs> no. 
I don't either. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I don't looking at I don't like looking at his face, but um okay. Guess what? T- <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Guess what takes place in the year 2022? Soylent green, baby. Wow. So, <laughs> the year is 2022. It takes place in New York City, where the population is 40 million people. Uh, and so the world is is and has greatly suffered from climate disaster brought on by humans. Uh, and this movie, because it's from the 70s, is suggesting that it's because, like, we just kept more and more people just kept springing out of the world. And that's not untrue, but there's, like... <laughs> It's not, it's not quite it. Um, but so this is, this movie is suggesting that because they the world population is so massive that the world has just fallen into complete climate disaster. Um, and it's very, very hot everywhere. Uh, and there's pretty much no fresh food. Only the very wealthy can afford things like vegetables and meat. Apparently there are farms outside of the cities that are guarded by militia um and the rest of the lucky population gets to eat things like soylent blue and soylent red and soylent green which are nice little wafers that kind of look like the eucharist but (laughs) but colorful and square fun um exactly great fun um it it is a uh successful or I, I liked how palpable everyone's discomfort was living in this horrible um, global warmed world. <laughs> uh, truly, like everyone is very sweaty and slick all the time totally. like, because it is so hot. Um, the yeah, the ways that it just sh- like suggests society is structured is kind of interesting. Like I said, very wealthy people, of course, still have a lot of power and get to live in these like nice apartment buildings where they have like live-in sex workers and they can get nice food. Um, and the rest of the people are uh, rioting, you know, and they have these big um, trucks that come and scoop up rioters and throw them in the back of the truck. We don't know what happens. To them. Where do they go? <laughs> I have a feeling. I know. But when uh, our main character played by a Charlton Heston is an NYPD detective named Robert Thorne, who um, ha- he lives with a roommate, this older guy named Saul. And um, Saul, it, it, I think Saul is, doesn't necessarily have an occupation, but he is involved with um, uh, collecting books, which are also very rare. Nothing uh, has been printed on real paper in years because there's no trees, uh, which oh is, yeah so it's it's so grim <laughs> yeah. that's the cool part of this movie the rest of it is like silly and again i like don't like charlton heston um but that the the details of this really horrible um alternate present <laughs> because it's 2022 um is i i really appreciate the details i think that they're they're horrible and fun um <laughs> and they, they they have some like thought put into them you know i like that totally. like it's truly yeah no um people haven't no one has ever seen some people haven't seen a strawberry in their entire lives and like stuff like that um but uh <clears throat> i you know what i gotta be honest i forget 
I forget how Robert Thorne, Detective Robert Thorne starts getting interested. And oh, that's how. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I was like, how did he get stuck on this mystery? So um, a a governor who lives in this one of the very fancy apartment buildings uh, clearly has hired a hitman to kill him. Um, So this guy uh, or oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. This was the first movie I watched. (laughs) <laughs> a, hitman, a hitman kills this governor and this governor as he's dying you can tell he feels horribly guilty about something he's been involved with um and robert thorne who investigates this murder then gets really intrigued as to why it happens the way it did why was this guy like killed with a meat hook and all of these weird details and he goes investigating, and uh, long story short, <laughs> he ends up following the the now dead body of his roommate Saul to a factory where all the dead bodies go, and they get made into none other than Soylent Green. Yeah. <laughs> Does uh, that mean Soylent Green has been people all along? Soylent Green is people. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't possibly think of a more boring way i could have told you the uh, listeners about that movie not bad but <laughs> um that's soylent green it is certainly a conspiracy movie um it's it was fun i'm really glad to finally check it off my list i don't ever need to watch it again but um <laughs> like i said it's there it's kind of it's fun watching these movies from the you know late 60s or 70s uh, imagining the present and um, just kind of the the way that climate change and global warming uh, has affected or the, the imagining of the effect of it. Like for one of our other shows, I watched that movie Silent Running about the yeah. very last trees ever that are on spaceships, stuff like that. Um, totally. So I appreciated it in its details of a horrible 2022 um it's not quite correct (laughs) (laughs) it is always brutal when you watch a movie set today and you're like oh man like watching watching a post-apocalyptic movie that is set anytime after like or anytime between like 2013 and 2025 you're like we're here 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 we are (laughs) here we are Yeah. yeah and aside from again the the real emphasis on um it being because the the human population is just so massive mm-hmm. like clearly um, like we don't need to have that massive of a population to mess up this planet um <laughs> like it's uh doesn't take much of us um but yeah aside from that it's um you know it had some realistic imaginings Ooh. things being a little hot <laughs> also interesting i i saw soylent green when i was a kid and it was definitely like on tv so i think i saw like parts of it a couple of times mm-hmm. um and i don't really remember that aspect of it but that is really interesting and does actually make me want to watch it with my adult eyes yeah exactly and that definitely being the the most interesting part of it of course we're all here for the exciting twist of soylent green as people but <laughs> um that is actually ultimately kind of the less interesting part of it than um, right. the, all the texture that it gives me uh, around that is even better. <laughs> texture. Texture. Um, 
Can I tell you about a classic movie that I finally watched oh, also? God, please. Yes. Classic movie. Get me away I, from this. <laughs> we're not going to talk about this anymore. Um, I'm going to tell you about a movie that I almost watched for our political thriller episode. And I'm pretty sure you also almost watched for our political thriller episode. Yeah. And you know what? Have... I think I might've watched it for this one too. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, hey, I mean... did you, did you watch a little flick called the parallax view? I sure did. Yeah. Yes, I'm so I glad. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Okay. I watched it with my parents on Saturday night, oh, which was really fun. Great I was movie like, for parents. Right. That's what I thought. We were looking through the list and I was like, how about, this one um so the parallax view if you are not familiar is from 1974 it is the second in the three movie paranoia trilogy which i or sorry yes the paranoia trilogy yeah which i mentioned a couple weeks ago when we talked about the movie clute which is the first movie in the trilogy <laughs> which i'm so excited to watch one of these days as yeah well. clute is also an excellent conspiracy movie a total like much a much smaller conspiracy mm-hmm. i think it seems to me that like thinking about these three movies i still haven't seen the third one which is all the president's men it just is conspiracies on different levels mm-hmm. um and this one the parallax view is kind of the biggest level i feel like i would argue um yeah yeah so this is a movie directed by alan pacula uh it stars warren Beatty, which i think this is the first time i've actually ever seen warren Beatty in a movie i don't know that i've seen anything else i just don't think i've seen anything else he's in that's funny he looks really funny to me in this he does he has like helmet hair his hair is his hair is (laughs) like not very flattering it goes up (laughs) really high makes his head look a lot bigger than it is yeah he's got a funny wig he's got a funny wig in this one very incredible (laughs) it's like it's like his head ends and then his hair goes up another head length it's really impressive (laughs) (laughs) about halfway through the movie i got used to it but it's still like like what yeah Um, yeah such volume (laughs) such volume but so warren Beatty plays uh, a reporter named joe who is approached by this woman played by paula prentice who asks him to investigate the deaths of six people who were all present at the assassination of a U.S. senator three years earlier, um, which the movie starts with the assassination. And it's mm-hmm. shocking. It's, it's yeah. basically, it starts with like a parade through the city of Seattle. Um, Joe is there, but he's not invited up to like the gala, which is at the top of the Space Needle. <laughs> and it's this U.S. senator who is like a presidential hopeful, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes up in the Space Needle to the very tippy top for this little party. And you're kind of watching it from the outside. And all of a sudden, a caterer takes out a gun and shoots him. And it happens so fast. And yeah. it's so shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really uh, intense. It's, I said, oh, my God, out loud oh a couple of times during this movie, actually. Yeah. Um, and so after this assassination occurs, Joe's just living his life as like a, a pretty insane <laughs> reporter. He's like pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> he's extreme. He's really extreme. And his boss is continuously like, you got to cool it down. <laughs> cool just, it, Joe. Just do this little puff piece, please, yeah. for once. <laughs> he has like no self of, sense of self-preservation, which makes him a really interesting main character for this mm-hmm. type of story mm-hmm. um, because he is just like willing to do these crazy things. He's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, yeah. whatever. I don't know. I'm just going to do it. Um, but so he is approached by this woman who was at the assassination and she's like, look, six people have died. I'm. A, they're going to get me next. Like six people who are at this 
uh, assassination are all have all died in the last three years and that's mm-hmm. crazy and he's like oh, that's a coincidence a bunch of them were heart attacks so one of them drowned whatever um and then she is killed or she she dies and he's like yeah. okay wait actually something's wrong <laughs> yeah it's a great scene too or it's a like a dramatic cut it's a smash they, cut yeah yeah they cut from her in his hotel room um saying please i need your help there someone's following me they're gonna kill me and it cuts to her dead body yeah in a morgue in a morgue um and so joe is like now that is fishy and he gets drawn in and it's like i i couldn't even begin to describe to you the rest of the plot of this movie except like i'm gonna give you the broad strokes but he just goes he follows so many tales mm-hmm. um like he basically interacts with a ton of people and none of them last very long like people just either disappear or they die he's pretty much the only character in the movie for a long mm-hmm. time um and he eventually after kind of like following these twists and turns talking to different people he learns about this place called the parallax corporation which is sending out surveys full of really mysterious questionnaires uh, and seem to be recruiting people to do the job of assassination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets kind of all tied up in this. And because he is an absolute lunatic, applies <laughs> to become, to ta- basically to take the test. To yeah, take the parallax to be kind test. of a sleeper agent too, to like get behind the scenes and find out he's, what happens. Yeah, he's just investing. He's basically just trying to figure out what's happening. Also along the way, one of the... Um, people that he's talking to he he goes to talk to one of the other witnesses of the assassination played by mr feeney from boy meets world (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and he is almost killed he is almost killed so many times in this movie it's really crazy yeah um but the paper reports him as dead so he decides to basically let that happen and he's like okay i'm going to pretend to be somebody else Mm -hmm. uh and using that false name applies to the parallax corporation i'm not sure how much i want to give away because i actually think it's really worth watching well it's definitely worth watching either way um maybe i'll say I'll talk about the ending this way because so I also this was a movie I was going to talk about tonight as well um and I first of all and I'm sure you can say the same loved it yes um though I was working while I was watching it and I really wish I hadn't done that because I I really wish that I gave this movie more full attention because the end I actually thought they were giving you um uh kind of a a two-pronged ending like it could be this or it could be that mm. it turns out it really is just one yeah but, um, <laughs> but maybe that's how I'll tell the listeners about you know I I initially thought that the ending was meant to have you either think that uh Joe Frady was set up and framed for an assassination or that he was successfully brainwashed because when he goes into, I know, I, I know which one it is. <laughs> I know which one it is now, but um, just like, you know, maybe just snack on that and, and go watch the <laughs> Think movie. Think about it. It's true. So, I mean, I, c- I can absolutely see that interpretation for sure. Yeah. No. And it's, it's very clear when you watch it, that one is, is what actually happened. Um, but 
I wish that I'd given it more full attention, but even without, I, I enjoyed it so much. And I only say this, uh, <laughs> these two interpretations, um, as a way to tempt, you know, tempt the ending tempt you tempt you into watching it. Um, uh, because it is- there is a really fun scene where he watches when he goes to the parallax corporation and he watches the brainwashing video, which they show you all of it. It's yeah. really wild. They don't it's really they wild. Don't show you watching it. Like there's no over the shoulder shots of him watching it. They just show it to you. <laughs> yeah. There's just a, a break about two thirds of the way through the movie for a six minute music video. Uh, mm-hmm. a propaganda music video basically yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's really I it's so crazy like this movie feels like I mean it just obviously is the predecessor to so many other conspiracy like movies and tv shows like I feel like a lot of our aesthetic shorthand for conspiracy comes from this movie mm-hmm. um, and so it was really fascinating to watch it and also to watch it and still be so engaged by it despite it being like you know something that you've seen a million times before like filtered through other lenses mm-hmm. um so like the the propaganda video that so joe goes to the parallax corporation after he successfully takes the test because he also he has a friend who's like a, a psychology uh doctor i guess a psychiatrist mm-hmm. <laughs> psychologist um <laughs> who he's like hey how should i answer these questions to make me sound like I'm a sociopath. <laughs> and so he answers the questions appropriately so that the Parallax Corporation comes and knocks on his door. Yeah. It's like, hey, would you like to come by for further assessment? <laughs> yeah. And so he goes in and it's this like crazy shot where he is in the very center of the screen, lit up in a chair and everything else around him is dark and he's like pretty small. There's a lot of really interesting um, visual shots in this yeah, movie that are just shots. like- really everything feels like kind of filmed like a little bit too far away in a way that's really stressful mm-hmm. <laughs> um which also happens in Clute a lot which I like I think that vibe of just like watching things from a little bit too far away and therefore feeling like you are being watched by somebody else mm-hmm. you know like like some like something else is going on here yeah you're and uncomfortably so, floating in a very large space when yes like yeah <laughs> <You're> like, <"Bleh." laughs> like the so, beginning and the end with the yeah panel, exactly the panelists yeah but so joe is uh sits down in this chair and then the screen just becomes yeah this basically a, a slideshow <laughs> with large white text <laughs> on a black background that says things like mother father me uh country yeah uh, <laughs> i can't even remember what the other ones yeah, are. yeah is it love or war or... yeah love enemy um yeah. and then and then basically just like a series of images that are like total propaganda like you know dust people in dust bowl era like uh shots of corpses in war shots of like um propaganda posters it's like it's really interesting um and definitely goes on for much longer than you think it will (laughs) yeah Um, yeah which is amazing (laughs) it's amazing it's such it's such a it's such a like weird movie like it just feels like truly almost just like a series of like really crazy scene after really crazy scene almost Mm -hmm. you know like the narrative thread is kind of confusing but in a way that makes sense for what is happening because it is just like he doesn't really know what's going on either so you're like what is what's happening um and he just like gets he goes through all of this crazy stuff, like one thing after another. And, uh, you know, at the end, kind of unravels something that he maybe should not have tried to unravel. He 
shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> yeah, the final the final scene is incredible. It's yeah. very thrilling. Um, again, like just such a well set up scene, and it looks so good, and it looks so creepy. Um, really, mm, classic conspiracy, shadowy figures. Yes. Running footsteps. Ooh. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And the, the thing that Amanda was alluding to earlier, uh, like the, at the very beginning, after the Senator is assassinated, there's a shot of like, you know, uh, basically what looks like a courthouse, like six mysterious chairs in a row. And it's like the inquire, like the, the government inquiry into the incident. And they're like, this was not a conspiracy. We are not mm-hmm. taking any questions at this time. This was like the action of a depraved man. Mm-hmm. And it like slowly fades out. And then you get a very similar scene right at the end. It's, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great. Um, the parallax view, I think I rented. I can't remember where it was streaming. I rented it. I rented it from YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think I may have rented it from Amazon. It yeah. was great. I'm really great. looking forward to seeing the other two in the Paranoia trilogy. Yeah, I know. We got to we got to collect all our uh, all our Paculas. I know. <laughs> we got to collect the Paculas. But yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it too. I'm so glad. I'm so glad <sighs> we both watched it. I know. It. <laughs> I know. I kind of thought you might. Yeah. Is a uh, is that the haircut that you thought would look good? No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Not cool. <my> haircut. <laughs> Earlier today, Jenny was like, "Oh, there's a there's a haircut in one of the movies I watched that would look great on you." And so I'm it was not Warren Beatty's haircut. The <laughs> <laughs> I promise that would be so insane. If cool, I cool, thanks. I'm glad it's not that one. You would just look so great with a uh, hair that actually just looks like a giant helmet. It just looks like a big funny wig. Yeah. <laughs> um, about another movie, pal. I will, and it's the last one. I only was able to watch three movies, so I'm going to tell you about the last one, which. Some people might try to fight me on the fact that this is a conspiracy movie, um, but it was recommend. It's I wanted to see this movie for a very long time, and it was actually recommended to me by our friend Becca, friend and fan of the show, Becca Van Kay, um, <laughs> who, when I brought up our upcoming theme, she was telling me uh, her suggestions, and this is one of them. I uh, finally watched uh, 1977's The Sentinel. Ooh. I meant to watch this movie for our neighbors episode because uh, it certainly is about some wacky neighbors. Um, <clears throat> the Sentinel stars, uh, hold on one second because I don't remember her name. It stars Christina Raines as Allison Parker, who is a New York City model, and um, her boyfriend is played by Chris Sarandon. And uh, she, she and Chris Sarandon are, um, they haven't been together for too, too long. And there is allusions to how he was previously married and his wife mysteriously died. Uh, Some people think that he might have been involved somehow. Um, But he is a lawyer and uh, she's decided she's, she's like, I love you, but I want to live on my own. So she goes looking for apartments and finds this cute little apartment in a Brooklyn brownstone um, and decides to take it. And right away starts meeting the very, very, very strange neighbors. Um, <clears throat> this includes a her, I think it's one, one of her upstairs neighbors is this super chatty, effeminate older guy who has a cat and a parakeet and... Um, 
just kind of immediately like breezes into her apartment and is just bizarre and intense. Um, and downstairs, there are two women who live together who are very inappropriate publicly and make <laughs> out and touch each other uh, when company is around. Um, and they're <laughs> terrifying. And then on the top floor lives a blind and very, very old priest who does nothing but sits by the window and looks out day in, day out. Um, and pretty soon beyond the the neighbors, uh, Allison starts to hear some really upsetting noises at night, like somebody is running up uh, around in the apartment above her. And she complains to the landlady and uh, says, there's someone upstairs who's running around and um, the landlady says, there's no one who lives in the building other than the priest. So no two ladies, uh, no guy. There's no one else. And when she tells her, she's, you know, sharing all this information with Chris Sarandon, uh, who starts to, who's, it's appreciated. He does believe her, even though at first it seems a little crazy. Um, and he looks into it and the names of, or all these people that she says lived in the building with her are all people who have died and were also murderers. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, long, long story short, uh, the apartment is built, uh, over a gateway to hell. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> 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 And a lot happens in this movie. It is so, so fun. I loved The Sentinel. I highly recommend watching it. Um, The reason that I count it as a a conspiracy is because uh, we also get a lot of scenes of uh, bishops and priests talking about the priest that lives in this building and his purpose um, and... So there, there is a reason that that guy is there. There's a plot and he is the sentinel. He's the one. Yeah. (laughs) Is he the sentinel? He is the sentinel and he is there to guard the gateway to hell and keep hell back. And he needs a replacement and Allison might just have to be that replacement interesting um, oh i gotta watch that i've never seen oh, it's, it it's so fun it's really really fun i mean of course uh cons- as the conspiracy can be like rosemary's baby where you have uh neighbors plotting against you oh yeah because just because these neighbors don't actually live in those apartments anymore it doesn't mean they're not real those people are real and they are indeed also plotting against allison not just the church but <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah so it's uh it was really fun and it's oh. you can rent it um and that's the sentinel from 1977 nice uh, dude yeah it was great really fun you know special effects and uh really good and creepy uh there's a lot there's a lot more to it but um i thought i'd keep it a little simple yeah nice <laughs> dude oh wow i'm excited to watch that I also only watched three movies, so I only have one more to tell you about, which I think you already know, because you mentioned that you might know. Um, I watched a movie that I also really liked. I think maybe my favorite of the three. Uh, I watched a movie from 1983 called Silkwood. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's talk Silkwood. Let's talk Silkwood. (laughs) (laughs) So Silkwood 
uh, let me just get this out of the way. It's not streaming anywhere. You cannot stream it. It is not available to stream. It's one of those weird movies that has just fallen through the cracks for some reason. I think the rights are technically owned by Disney at this point based on them like having eaten ABC. Mm-hmm. So you cannot purchase it and you cannot rent it. You cannot stream it. However, so sad. you can steal it. <laughs> so that would be my recommendation to you. Or yeah, if you, you find it, and if, I believe, Amanda, you said you had it on tape. So Yeah, and I actually might still have it. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, if you find it on tape or DVD somewhere in a bin, you take it. You take that movie home because you will not be able to find it otherwise. Yeah, you've got to grab Silkwood when gotta you can get it. got to take Silkwood. And or I'm like, Karen Silkwood. <laughs> poor Karen Silkwood. Dude, I did not know who she was. I learned so much. Okay. So, I don't either because I have secret. I've never seen it. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm not going to, I won't. Um, this is the classic. It's not what happens, but how it happens movie because. Okay. So Silkwood is from 1983. It is a good two hours, but I didn't notice. I like no, like absolutely just along for the ride the whole time. Um, it stars Meryl Streep. Cher and Kurt Russell (laughs) and all three of them are incredible in it Mm. it's like true oh my god so choice so it is a movie directed by Mike Nichols who you might know from The Graduate um, and a bunch of other stuff and it was written by Nora Ephron and Alice Arlen and Nora Ephron is like uh she does she did all like the big rom-coms like she did When Harry Met Sally and like Sleepless in Seattle and all all those and it really feels like that because it's kind of a movie that's 50% about three hot roommates and their like interpersonal dramas and 50% about a nuclear plant conspiracy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and Perfect both movie. Are incredibly compelling. Like the th- if the if the conspiracy stuff wasn't in it, it would still be an amazingly good movie. Like I Silkwood slaps, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really into Silkwood. <laughs> that's what I that's what I wanted to know it's I have nothing but good news for you Mm. Mm. (laughs) um so Silkwood is based on a true story about a real person which I did I read about her afterward because I was like what is this um Karen Silkwood played by Meryl Streep is a woman who and this the movie is obviously um a fictionalized version of it so grain of salt but from what I understand it's pretty similar to what actually happened to her um Karen, played by Meryl Streep, she lives with her boyfriend, Drew, who's Kurt Russell, and her roommate, um, her, in the movie, her name is Dolly, but in real life, her name is Dusty, and we will come back to this. <laughs> Let's put a pin on that for now. Okay. <laughs> Dolly is played by Cher, and the three of them are just, like, best friends, they're kind of dirt bags. they're, like, in their mid-20s, living, like, a really crappy house, and they, like, all carpool to work together, because they all work at the same nuclear plant in Oklahoma where they make plutonium rods, basically. Um, And so they're like really goofy. It's like very, it's so, their relationship is so sweet between the three of them. Like it's really, Mm. really compelling. Mm. Um, And it's just like, you could just watch them forever. But the story really is following Karen and her basically transition from being just this person who is like goofing around not really caring to suddenly getting really involved in the union at her workplace and start like basically what happens is she really needs the weekend off to see her kids and she 
uh, switches shifts with somebody, but it turns out that the there was a uh, contamination that weekend, and so the plant just shuts down anyway, and everybody thinks she did it on purpose. So from there, people start to kind of treat her badly, and she does get exposed to plutonium radiation, mm. and she has to be uh, like scrubbed down and decontaminated. And like after having that experience, she starts to like notice things, and she's like, something isn't right here. And she gets really involved with her union to try and bring some of that information to light. Uh, and as time goes on, that like really strains her relationship with her boyfriend and her roommate because neither of them are that involved. They don't really care that much. Um, and it really, she starts to really feel like she's being targeted because she gets exposed again twice, like two mm. more times. And it's just like, that seems really out of control um, because it also keeps happening when it shouldn't be. Like, she's just like, suddenly she's like exiting a room and like the the um, alarm goes off and she's like, why is this happening to me? Because it's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the movie's from the 80s, but it takes place in the 70s. That's when this true event was happening um and she yeah so she like basically kind of puts her whole life on pause to get involved in organizing her workplace but everyone there really starts to hate her because they're really scared of losing their jobs because it's basically Mm -hmm. it's one of those like tiny little towns where the only thing to do is to work at the nuclear factory or whatever um but she is so good in this movie. I have not really seen any Meryl Streep performances from before, like, the year 2000. Mm. Um, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, Mer- no, no Meryl, Meryl's got the chops. Like, Meryl's she got really the chops. Does. Um, but it's also, it's there's something, I read the uh, Roger Ebert review from when this movie came out, and he... I can't remember exactly the phrasing of what he said, but he basically described all three of the main cast as like disappearing into their roles in this way that's really incredible, which is really true. Like they feel like such real people. Like don't mm-hmm. they don't feel like like Cher especially does not feel like Cher in this movie. Yeah. In a way that is like amazing. <sighs> and now we're gonna come back to the pin that I put in. Yes. Yeah, the pin. Johnny <laughs> didn't forget. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> sometimes uh you know the world smiles down upon you and hands you a movie that's both really good and also shares a lesbian in it and guess what the movie Silkwood oh <laughs> great news <laughs> it's so sometimes maybe only once so far <laughs> sometimes maybe only once you turn on a movie because you're like oh it's a conspiracy movie and it stars three people I love so very much and guess what about halfway through oh what is that shares gay great great news wow um it's so fun she it's like part of the the interpersonal drama that's also happening um is that Cher is like she's I mean her character's totally in love with Meryl Streep's character um but she like also has a girlfriend who shows up and then that like kind of strains um the other relationships in the house but it's great and I love it and I was very excited to see it (laughs) wow that was a good Um, pin Yeah. And so the (laughs) other thing about that is, so the real, that person also existed in real life. In the movie, her name is Dolly. In real life, her name was Dusty Ellis. Uh And I spent a little bit of time reading her Wikipedia page earlier, which is absolutely buck wild. She's an insane person. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, not in a bad way. Like, she just seems like totally nuts. Like a Um, wild wild character. Yeah. In her personal life section, there's just a sentence. So, like, after 
I guess I'm going to tell you the end of Silkwood, even though it's okay. Just tell me. I'm just going to tell, tell you. So she, so Karen is basically, she, as, as I said, she becomes super involved in the union. She starts to collect documentation about malpractice at the factory, such as that they, they were like doctoring the x-rays of the plutonium rods in a way, basically, basically to just like uh, do to gain more profit by producing way more than they were actually capable of producing mm -hmm. and therefore endangering every single person there and every person who is anywhere where those rods eventually went um mm -hmm. and like grams and grams of plutonium were going missing and nobody was paying attention to it and nobody cared and this was also happened in real life <laughs> uh, but mm -hmm. so she started like gathering all of these documents to bring to the new york times and on her way there her car crash her car crashes and she dies and mm. when they go to look in her car all of the documentation is gone oh my god and so and this again truly happened really happened yeah somebody uh, and killed so karen silkwood somebody killed her and like we don't know who but like she obviously had a lot of enemies and the company was very unhappy with her Mm -hmm. strong conspiracy ties <laughs> mm -hmm. the cover of the movie is really vivid to me because the cover is her in her car looking in her like so it's like you're looking through her windshield and she's looking into her rear view mirror and you can tell some a car is behind her with brights because the mirror the rear view is reflecting on her face yeah totally and her eyes are really wide it's a really vivid image <laughs> it's, it's stark yeah absolutely unforgettable um, but so after Karen dies in real life, um, her boyfriend Drew and her roommate Dusty both got way more involved with like trying to figure out what was going on at the um, factory. And there's just this sentence in Dusty Ellis's Wikipedia page, which is just like comedy to me. In 1975, Ellis climbed the exterior wall of the Kerr-McGee plant with a shotgun. She was arrested and given one year of probation after pleading guilty to forcible entry. Wow, and that's just Dusty. A little taste of how wild Dusty is. Dusty. Oh, wow, She's out of control. Girl. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that these this is all just extra little flavor for the movie Silkwood, which I personally loved. I would strongly recommend finding it if you can and watching yeah. it oh man um, but yeah, yeah i truly silkwood. yeah so silkwood it was so it was just like really really watchable and like the kind of interpersonal drama that i was just like yes this is so it's so different from other conspiracy movies because it's not really about the twisting and turning like you kind of know what's going to happen as soon as karen sees something you're like oh yeah like, this is not going to turn out well for her no because um, we know what happens in totally. real life you know <laughs> and it's just like uh but it, it's just a really it's like a very human portrait of a person and i just really liked it yeah. i like silkwood a lot well it's wild right like the those those things have happened very many times in very real life and they totally. inspire these movies that do feel like over the top fictions um but people do get framed and people right. do get brainwashed <laughs> right like this like this one almost felt quaint because it is just like yeah like she saw something that she shouldn't have seen and like a company was very angry with her and it's like we know that yeah. corporations do yeah. these types of things so isn't that uh, so wild yeah. so wild yeah Oh, anyway we're wow. coming up on the end here but it is it is really crazy how uh I, I I do wonder if we're gonna enter into a time of more conspiracy movies like 
the 70s were because of how um unstable of a world it feels like we're living in you know and like a lot that's of that's a really good point that's a really good point i mean yeah the we are very politically unstable um all over the world and yeah. this the it felt very much the same uh in the 70s and 80s so yeah, yeah. Hmm, uh, something to think about i mean like i hope because i think yeah. that is I I mean the hope or not the hope but generally in times of um shared global stress like some pretty amazing work is created of, as a product whether it's music or political art or whatever but um yeah I, I hope we get some I hope we get some good 